from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Have you ever felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath your feet? I think that many of us have had that experience during the coronavirus pandemic, when everything seemed so uncertain and the future was so unknown. It can be overwhelming when that happens. But in today's podcast, we're going to talk about what we can do now to make sure that when things fall apart, we can remain standing in peace, in joy, and with confidence. We'll explore a verse in the Bible that talk about the curse of having things fall apart and discover the great blessing that we can take out of those experiences. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Kitavo, which means when you enter, and it covers Deuteronomy 26.1 through 29.8. In chapter 28, we find a list of blessings that the Israelites would receive when they remained obedient to God, and a list of curses that they would suffer if they became disobedient. The verse that I want to focus on today is from the list of curses. It is Deuteronomy 28:52, and I'm going to read it to you now. They will lay siege to all the cities throughout your land until the high fortified walls in which you trust fall down. They will besiege all the cities throughout the land the Lord your God is giving you. God warned the Israelites that if they were disobedient, he would send an enemy against them. This verse describes how the enemy would besiege the cities of the Holy Land until their protective walls came down, leaving each city exposed to the enemy. There is a guiding principle in the Jewish approach to Bible study, which says that no words in the Bible are extra. If God chose to include a word, there is good reason for it. Each word, each phrase has something to teach us. In our verse, the walls that protect the cities are described as high fortified walls in which you trust. The verse tells us that the enemies will lay siege until the high fortified walls in which you trust fall down. The words in which you trust are not really necessary for us to understand the main point of the verse. So God must be telling us something. The rabbis explain that the words in which you trust teach us that this verse is about much more than the collapse of a physical wall. It's about the breaking down of anything physical that we place our trust in. For example, our strong homes, or maybe our job, or even another person. Sometimes God will cause the things that we rely upon to fall apart like the trusted city walls that fall down in our verse, so that we will learn to trust only in him. One of the most common spiritual pitfalls is putting too much faith in people or objects and not enough faith in God. When we are successful, we might give ourselves too much credit instead of giving the credit to God. 
And when we feel vulnerable, we might rely on other people or put our trust in technology or our bank account instead of placing our trust in God. But as soon as we stop looking to God as the source of everything in our lives, we put distance between us and him. It's a slippery slope from there. and We can slide further and further away from him. If that happens, God might put us in difficult situations, seemingly impossible situations, so that we catch ourselves and we turn back to him. In modern times, this biblical teaching played out in two of Israel's most dramatic wars. Both wars were defining moments for our young country, but they both unfolded very differently. One was in 1967 when Israel fought the Six-Day War. It was June of 1967, and it was clear that Egypt was about to attack Israel and that Israel had almost no chance of winning that war. The very existence of Israel was on the line. If the Egyptians attacked and won, Israel would be no more. Destroyed. Done. Israel's leaders made a bold decision to launch a dangerous preemptive strike on Egypt's air force. The plan was extremely risky. But despite all odds, Israel succeeded. In the days that followed, tiny Israel defeated three major armies, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, and the Syrians. The Israeli army, the tiny Israeli army, let me remind you, not only defended her citizens, but managed to regain a lot of what had been lost in the War of Independence, including all of Jerusalem. And Israel did all of that in less than one week. After that stunning military victory, despite all odds, which was simply a miracle, everyone was in awe of the Israeli army. The slogan in Israel became, Kol HaKavod Litzahal, which means wonderful job to the Israeli defense forces. Of course, the IDF deserved a lot of credit, but maybe there wasn't enough credit given to God. The Yom Kippur War, which was fought in 1973, was a completely different experience for Israel. The war was unexpected. It began when the Egyptians and the Syrians attacked Israel on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the year. Almost everyone in Israel was in synagogue when the war began. The Israeli army was not fully prepared. And even the defense systems that were prepared beforehand didn't work as was planned. One of the defenses that Israel had in place in 1973 was a $300 million wall that was 80 feet tall and spanned about 100 miles. Israel believed that if Egypt attacked, the wall would keep them at bay for a few days and give the army enough time to mobilize. But when Egypt invaded Israel on Yom Kippur in 1973, it took the Egyptians only two hours to breach the wall and launch an attack on Israel's soil. When it was most needed, that great barrier, the wall of security, it was absolutely useless. 
While Egypt attacked from the south, Syria attacked from the north. Israel was outnumbered and unequipped compared to their enemies, and many Israeli soldiers lost their lives in those battles. But guess who won the war? God performed great miracles, and against all odds, Israel triumphed. After the Yom Kippur War, Israel's motto changed from great job to the IDF to words from Psalm 115. Yisrael betach ba'ashem ezram umaginam hu. Israel trusts in God. He is their help and shield. Everyone recognized that God was responsible for Israel's military success. In the Yom Kippur War, the wall that so many people put their trust in came tumbling down, just like our Bible verse described. But just when the situation seemed hopeless, Israel hoped to God, prayed to God, turned to God. And you know what? He didn't let them down. Sometimes in our lives, the walls that we build to protect us, the things that we put our trust in, simply fall apart. Have you ever felt that way before? Like the rug was simply pulled out from under your feet? I think that in our times, most recently, that's what a lot of us felt when the coronavirus pandemic began and completely upended our lives. Suddenly, it became clear how vulnerable we all are. In those first weeks and months, we couldn't count on any of the things that usually give us a sense of security. Our jobs, our daily routines, our plans for the future. And it became clear that there was no person or group of people to rely on either. Our medical professionals, our leaders, and our financial experts, they all did their best to guide us, but no one really understood what was going on or what to do. It became increasingly clear that we had no one to rely upon except God. I can't even imagine going through this crisis without knowing that there is a God in this world watching over us who loves us and who wants what's best for us. Because whenever a crisis like this happens, when it feels like everything is falling apart, the only way to remain standing is to hold on to the one thing in our life that is truly stable, our God. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. Talking about faith in God is one thing, but walking our talk is another. Situations like these challenge us to live our faith, to truly trust in God in our thoughts and in our actions. In Judaism, there are two different words that we use to talk about faith, and there's a profound difference between the two of them. Emuna is believing that God exists and that he runs the world. Bitachon is acting in accordance to that belief. For example, a butcher who believes that all of his earnings come from God has emuna, general faith in God. But if he panics when a competitor opens up, then he is lacking bitachon. Bitachon means trusting God to take care of us, no matter how things may seem. I once heard a story about a famous tightrope walker named Charles Blondine. This story really illustrates the difference between emunah and bitachon. Around the mid-1800s, the great Blondine attempted to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope for the very first time. 
As 5,000 people watched with bated breath, Blondine suddenly stopped in the middle of the walk, backflipped into the air, landed on the rope, and continued to the other side. After that first walk across Niagara Falls, Blondine crossed the falls many more times, once blindfolded, once carrying a stove, once in chains, and once on a bicycle. One time, he showed up to the falls with a wheelbarrow. He turned to the crowd that came to watch him and shouted, Do you believe that I can cross over while pushing this wheelbarrow? Everyone in the crowd cheered and shouted back that yes, of course they believed. Then Blondine asked another question. He asked, who will volunteer then to get into the wheelbarrow? This time, no one answered. Suddenly, the crowd was not as confident as they were a few seconds earlier. You see, it's one thing to believe in something, but another thing to put that belief into action. And Muna is believing that Blandine could push a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls. But bitachon means getting into the wheelbarrow, trusting that Blandine can really do it. Emuna means believing that God can take care of us. But bitachon means trusting that he will take care of us, no matter how things might seem. Even when all of our walls fall down and everything we once relied upon seems to fall apart. There are times in our lives when our faith is strong, but our fear might seem stronger. And we have to decide if we are willing to step into the wheelbarrow and trust that God will deliver us safely across the wire. There's a famous quote from an 18th century Ukrainian rabbi, Nachman of Breslev, who said, The whole world is a narrow bridge, and the main thing is not to be afraid. Kol haolam kulo gesher tsar me'od, ve'ha'ikar lo lefached klal. This quote resonated so deeply with the Jewish people that it became a song that is still popular today. Rabbi Nachman acknowledged that the world can be a scary place sometimes, like a very narrow bridge, like a tightrope over Niagara Falls. But the most important thing is not to be afraid, to trust that God will shepherd us safely through our lives. Here's the thing. It's not easy to learn to fully trust God, especially when we are going through a very difficult situation. It's not easy to stand confidently and in peace when life looks scary and uncertain. But once we learn to rely on God instead of anything or anyone, we become stronger and more resilient for the rest of our lives. I learned this when my world seemed to fall apart after my father died unexpectedly from a heart attack in February 2019. I've talked about going through the shock and the grief of that experience on other podcasts, but I haven't talked about the other things that rocked my world in the aftermath. Before my father passed away, I had already been voted the president-elect by the board of the fellowship. So as I was dealing with the sudden loss of my father, I also had to step into his shoes at the fellowship, and those were some pretty big shoes to fill. In my heart, I knew that I could do it that my father had prepared me for years, and that God had prepared me my entire life. And I took comfort in knowing that I was not alone, 
that the fellowship had some fantastic leadership that had worked alongside my father for a very long time and would continue to work alongside me. But within six months of losing my father and taking over the reins of the fellowship, we lost a few of our key people, all for different personal reasons. I could have let the situation get me down. I could have decided that everything was falling apart. I could have looked at the situation and said, not only did we lose my father, but we lost so many other leading players who have brought the fellowship to where it is today, who have so much institutional knowledge, who believe in me so much. I could have decided that everything was falling apart and let myself fall apart too. But I made a decision with Bitachon to trust in God, to get in the wheelbarrow and trust him to get me through that difficult time. And you know what? God didn't disappoint me. He never does. He's just waiting for me to take the first step. Sometimes good things fall apart so that better things can come together. And that was the case with the fellowship. With all of the changes that we went through after my father's death that were so scary that I thought might break the fellowship, we actually came out stronger and better than ever before. God sent us the right people at the right time in the right way that only God can do, leaving no doubt in my mind that he is the one that makes our success possible and always has been. Now, whenever something unexpected happens, when an employee leaves or something significant changes, I don't even blink. Really. I've learned that if I hold on to God, he will always support me in the fellowship. That being sad, having despair, is actually closing off the opportunity for God to send his blessings. If there is a hard reality, it means God just wants us to hold on to him to get through it. When I look back now on that uncertain and uncomfortable time with the fellowship, I can see it as a gift. Even as a blessing, I gained a deeper level of trust in God, which will help and does help sustain me for the rest of my life. My friends, when the rug is pulled out from underneath us, it's not because God doesn't love us. It's because he wants us to learn to trust him. Because once we learn to truly trust God, life is so much more sweet And even the hard times are much easier. I don't think that learning to trust God is a lesson that we just learn once. It's something that we learn and relearn and deepen many times throughout our lives. Each time we get a little closer to God and less dependent on anything else. So that if the walls should ever fall down and everything we ever knew suddenly changes, we will rest in God's peace trusting him completely. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, the prophet said, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Those who trust in man or anything physical are bound to be let down at some point. But those who trust in God will always be secure. This week, consider where you might rely too much on people or things and not enough on God. What are the biblical walls in which you trust in your life? 
Are they people who you depend upon? Is it money in the bank? Is it a strong army or government officials? We need to have gratitude to all of those things and all of the people that support us. But we also need to recognize that God is our true source of strength, that ultimately we need nothing but God. We need to remember what is written on every bill of American currency. In God we trust. And you know what? He will never let us down. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.